and welcome to Misunderstood, the show for the culturally and politically misunderstood lady or gent or non-binary or non-human. We are your hosts. I'm Nat. And I'm Kat. <laughs> this week we're talking about all the lies women have been sold. Basically, women are getting f- by feminism. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're going to skip the culture shock because we have so there's your culture shock. That was shocking. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to dive right in. Okie dokie. So Megan Trainer says nurses implied that her use of antidepressants caused her newborn to be sent to the NICU. Cute. So she got engaged in 2017 and they married a year later to her uh, her husband, Daryl Sabera, and they welcomed their first child in February of 2021. And in an interview with Romper, Megan recently revealed that her pregnancy and birth were anything but easy. Mm. And she uh, was on antidepressants when she was pregnant, and her doctor told her that was fine. It was a mild dose. Yeah, yeah. It was a low dose, and her doctor said it was fine, and they'll they'll do that. And then her baby was sent to the NICU, which yeah. is I guess natal intensive yeah. care unit. Yeah, and I guess towards the end of her pregnancy, doctors told her the baby was breech, and they immediately scheduled a C-section. So she was told kind of two lies, in my opinion, because. C-sections come with greater risks, but also physicians are actually routinely paid more for a C-section. So in in often times, women actually go and get C-sections that they don't necessarily need. That is absolutely terrifying and disgusting and horrible. Right? Because the thing is, when you're pregnant, I mean, you're going to experience birth soon, but I yeah. imagine you're very vulnerable and you want to do whatever is best for your baby. So if a doctor's pressuring you like, oh, you got to get a C-section, but in reality, they're just late for a reservation and they want to make more money. That's quite manipulative. Uh, that's why I went with a midwife, Nat. Smart. Yeah. Smart. And I'm taking a hypnobirthing class. It's going to be <laughs> great. It's going to pop that baby right out of there. It's going to fly right out yeah. of you. So that's the first lie that I think Megan and many women have been mm-hmm. sold by doctors. And I think the second one is the antidepressant thing. Yeah. Talk about a lack of informed consent, maybe. Yes. So this is something I see all the time on r slash pregnant on Reddit, where women are routinely like, I mean, on that particular subreddit, women are like, it's fine. You can have a little wine. You can have some fish. You can be on antidepressants. It's like, maybe some of that is true. And maybe like, maybe women are a little overly cautious when they're pregnant. I know I I have, like, I think with your first, you're often like overly cautious and we don't no, like I don't think having a glass of wine is going to kill your kid, but the the general attitude on that in this like toxic mommy culture yeah. is just like it's fine. You shouldn't have to change your life too much. Well, like whatever is convenient for you. So if you're depressed, like you should be. T- and your doctor says it's okay, and that's the thing. Like your doctor says it's okay, so it's okay. But your doctor might also not know your history, not take the time to actually delve into. The actual drug, they might be, they might have like a deal with the pharmaceutical exactly, agent yeah. that's like, oh, push it on. Because like, I, well, and the issue, there are pres- so many. Yeah. Things. And the issue with prescription drugs like antidepressants is that they're typically a first resort for doctors. Mm-hmm. And it just speaks to how doctors in 2022 aren't really, they don't want to cure you. They want like a customer for life. And we know yeah. big pharma is very keen on that. Um, But the reason we're kind of tying the, her newborn going to the NICU to antidepressants is because the nurses kept asking her if she was on yeah. antidepressants. Right. And uh, all, and obviously she was told that it wouldn't affect her, but the nurses kind of alluded to the fact that maybe that was the reason her yeah. baby wasn't doing and well. And imagine the shock that you've just given birth and there's something wrong with your child and yeah. her kid is okay now, but 
imagine the shock of like, okay, we have to take him to the intensive care unit um, and do all these things to him. And it's not, it's, you know, touch and go. And then they're like, did you take uh, any prescription drugs? And you're like, yeah, but my doctor said it's fine. Like imagine the, the, the feeling, guilt. the guilt and the distress that you would feel in that moment where it's like, I was told it's okay. And like, thank God her baby's okay. Yeah. But what if he wasn't? Yeah. And that's the, that's a, the medical profession's fault. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's medical professionals fault. And I just think it means we can't take anything that our medical professionals say at face value in 2022. We need, to, we need to do our own research. And that's so sad that we can't trust these people who are in positions of authority. Well, speaking of which, hmm. uh, they recently found that um, the mRNA vaccine Ooh, yes. transfers from breastfeeding women's breast milk into the baby, which uh -oh. is something that, again, women were gaslit and lied to the entire time. We were told pregnant women should get the vaccine, breastfeeding women should get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And now there are studies coming out. Um, here is the results of this study. It says of 11 lactating individuals enrolled. Lactating individuals. Yes, lactating individuals because, you know, men whatever. can do that, too, for sure. For sure. I know plenty of men who lactate. Uh, trace amounts of the mRNA vaccine were detected in seven samples from five different participants at various times up to 45 hours post-vaccination. Yeah. So so they, they go on to say, we believe it is safe to breastfeed after maternal COVID-19 vaccination. However, caution is warranted about breastfeeding children younger than six months in the first 48 hours. Why is it under six months I'm only? I'm sorry, who is breastfeeding over six months? I think a lot of people okay. do, actually. <laughs> I have a lot to learn. No, I think a lot of people do for a while longer than that. But, I mean, I don't know. Every every mom's different. But why, what, so suddenly after they're six month and one day old, it's different? It's different? Yeah, like, but, I don't understand like, that. I think, uh, like, as your baby gets older and older, you start introducing, again, I need to learn. I haven't taken my baby class yet. It just seems but like you start random... introducing food, like, definitely right. before a year. It just so seems, like, random to me, though. It's like, definitely random. And it's also, like, the most vulnerable time that a child would need breast milk is when they're newborn. Yeah. Absolutely, because they're because they can't literally burp. can't have anything else. They're other growing bare bare. And yeah. according to Daily Wire, the Journal of American Medical Association uh, released the study to the public and has issued a warning for women breastfeeding in infants. So they're saying caution is warranted regarding breastfeeding in infants younger than six months in the first two days after maternal COVID nineteen vaccination. And it's like a little too late. Yeah. It's a little too it's late little for late. this study. You've been lying to us for two years now. Yeah. Well, I guess the vaccine hadn't rolled out for the first year and a bit. Um, at least a year you've been lying to everyone and telling them that they absolutely should not question this at all, whether they're pregnant or breastfeeding, and that it can't affect their ch child. And now we find that it can. Yeah, it's just such an abuse of power because as we already mentioned, pregnant people are vulnerable and hormonal. And the pressure, like the pressure for these women to get the COVID-19 vaccine, mm -hmm. not only to protect themselves, but, but their, their baby. baby. Yeah. Like there is such an an amount of pressure mm -hmm. and it's just so evil and it's so manipulative because yep. these poor women who maybe didn't want to get it, did, and now it may have negative implications on their child's yeah, health. Yeah, it's like you should get the vaccine because it'll help your baby. And now they're like, well, maybe you shouldn't have had that vaccine because it might hurt your baby. It's like, too late, babe. Yeah. Too late. Yeah. But that leads into our next story. COVID-19 vaccines linked to temporary changes in menstrual cycle. New study confirms. Breaking news. Color me shocked. Yeah. This, okay, Nat, how many girls do you know who took the vaccine that got changes in their menstrual cycle? I mean- Gabriel Finocchio 
who is like a, he owns an app called Theos U. He was kicked off Instagram for literally just sharing women's testimonies about how the COVID-19 vaccine affected their periods. Yeah, I know several women who right. were like, oh yeah, my period was messed up, but it, I did that. Yeah, it's fine. But it's, fine it's now. just because of stress or something. So yeah, well, the, that's what they said. The study conducted by the U.S.-based National Institute of Health found that the increase in cycle length resolved for most of the nearly 20,000 study participants following vaccination. And I wonder if any women who were gaslit about this in the past are going to get an apology from the nope. mainstream media. Nope. Do you think they will? No, no, they won't. And also what's crazy how it, did you just say most of? Yeah. Like most of the women in the study had changes in their menstrual cycle. And yeah. we've talked about this before, but when as a woman, your menstrual cycle is a perfect indication of your health. Yeah. And well, it's not perfect, I guess, but it's, it's a really it's, good, it's a really yeah. good indication of your health. So when you're a healthy woman and your menstrual cycle changes all of a sudden, you go to the doctor because you're like, something oh, off. there could be something off. You could have a cyst. You could have... It could be anything. anything. Like, like you're super severe stressed loss, or anything. Weight loss, yeah. stress. Like I was on the pill and I stopped getting mine for a while. So I switched pills and I still didn't feel right. So I got off the pill. But it's like that is an indication that something's changed in your body and you need to look into it. But they're like, oh, no, you're fine. Like they literally said, um, CTV wrote an article in 2021 uh, women's health and immunology experts are hesitant to say if menstrual changes are a result of the COVID-19 vaccine until further research is conducted, which it now has, uh, but noted that added stress of the pandemic may contribute to shifts in one's menstrual cycles. Sure. Convenient. Stress might convenient, cause. Yes. Though. But it's like, what a convenient thing that you're yeah. saying. Like if let's just say the sample size is 20,000, like it is in that study, 20, like let's say 18,000 of those women or 15,000 of those women have changes and they're like, oh, you're all stressed from it's the pandemic. Stress, yeah. I don't think so, sweetheart. It's a bit like, of a cop out. And yeah. I think it, the real issue with all this new data coming out is that it proves that the jabs are experimental and mm -hmm. the women who took the jab are now seeing the implications of that and it's like it's so unfair like they are the experiments yeah. like, and it's gaslighting it's gaslighting yeah, yeah. it's mm -hmm. and it's it's just abusive it's just abusive i don't yeah. know no it's fine because they can tell you at the time that it's perfectly safe and to take it and then they can a year later an article will come out or a study come out and like well maybe it's like those women already took it yeah so what are they supposed to do yeah nothing yeah and uh, obviously our menstrual cycle represents a woman's fertility. So mm -hmm. what is this it's down the road? Precious, yeah. well, and down the road, we don't know yet how this is going to affect a woman's fertility. And they don't either. And they don't either. <laughs> and it's just so unfair. It's so unfair that we're taking away. We talk about reproductive health, all yeah. these progressive raw rawing about reproductive health. Well, this this is a violation of that. They this literally is, call it reproductive rights. Yeah. Like this is this, this is your right to reproduce is being taken away actively yeah. by doctors who don't know. Like they could have said, here's a vaccine. You should take it if you are this and this and this and this mm -hmm. susceptible to COVID. Just note that we don't have, they don't have to say it will kill your period. It will make you infertile. We're not saying that. We're just saying they didn't know. So they could have said, we don't know yeah. what the effects will be on your fertility. But instead that, they were like, it's safe. It's, it's safe. It's fine. Yeah. You won't get COVID if you take it. Yeah, but that's, none know, of that turned out to be true. And I mean, we'll move on, but like one of the, <laughs> one of the other will issues, we? no, we won't. But <laughs> so now new news is coming out about some of the negative effects and adverse reactions. And this is only like a year after the vaccine passports yeah. rolled out. What what are we going to discover five years down the road, 10 years, years down the road, 20 yeah. years? Like we have no idea and the, the long-term effects of this, these women who were breastfeeding exactly. and, and getting the vaccine. Or like someone who, yeah, got the vaccine when she was pregnant. Like we have no idea. And it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And like, I really hope that there's justice for all the governments who forced this on people, mm -hmm. who pressured people because 
it's so evil to experiment on people. It's just, you're experimenting on people. Yep. yep. Well, lying to them. Cool. Great. Um, okay, next. Well, another <laughs> lie. Speaking of more yeah. lies. Lies well, the, sold to women. The theme. All right. Um, this article is called Why I'm the Only OBGYN Who's Not Prescribing the Birth Control Pill. I mentioned my own anecdotal evidence uh, earlier yes. um, that when I was on the pill, I got stopped getting my period. I lost a ton of weight. I was moody, switched pills. I got kind of depressed when I yeah. went on the pill for the first time. Like I was just like raging and ugh. yeah, like, I was not great my to be around. My boobs shrank like three sizes. Yeah. Which is like the opposite of what's supposed it's, to happen. It's the opposite of what a woman wants. Yeah. Um, so apparently there's actually not a drop of natural hormones found in any of in any brand of birth control pill. Um, so rather than containing natural hormones, they're synthetic versions of endogenous estradiol and progesterone. And Mother yeah. Nature has never seen any of, sorry, has never seen these at any time in human evolution. So they're mm -hmm. basically pseudo hormones, mm -hmm. um, which obviously interfere with the woman's key function and her ability to have a natural hormone production. Yeah. So I think that when we're sold the pill, we're told that they're naturally occurring hormones in your body. Yeah. And that you're just like I think people don't question it at all no of course not because again like I when I was on the I was like 19 and I was at the University of Western Ontario clinic like the whatever they just handed it out and they're just like here you go yeah you need, you need to be on the pill you're not on the pill you need to be on the pill and I was like, like I was lollipops. like okay yeah. like sh okay I guess um and I guess it's sold to us in that it can prevent pregnancy and that's why people take sure. it and I think that if you want to be sexually active and not resort to having an abortion or you're not ready for kids like that's a good option for you but you, you should, should just know be the risks. exactly yeah informed consent you should informed just know the consent, risks yeah. and you might you might experience certain uh side effects and you should be told those things yeah so some of the side effects include blood clots mm. depression and suicidal thoughts uh hypertensive potential effects years down the line can also manifest including irritable bowel syndrome autoimmune diseases osteoporosis uh Heart disease, diabetes, insulin resistance, kidney disease, poor vaginal health, and even dementia. Oh. Those are all pretty serious. I mean, at least if you get the dementia, you'll forget about all the other problems. That'd that be you great. Have. Yeah, silver lining, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's great. Yeah, and I mean, birth control kind of is interesting, too, to think about. Because although it, it is a way for women to prevent pregnancy, which can be seen as empowering, it's also something that empowers men because mm -hmm. it basically absolves them from personal responsibility, much like an abortion. Um, so I, I don't know. There are pros and cons to that as yeah. well. Like, is it really for women? Or I, I know, f you know, that when a girl says to a guy, oh, I'm on the pill, he doesn't maybe feel the need to wear a condom or whatever. Right. And she should have a, like a say in that. But sometimes men will just like take it off if yeah. they think that there's no chance of pregnancy. And it's like, that's not empowering for women no. at all. Well, not to mention it incentivizes cheating. Like if, you, if a man or a woman, like if a man's, married and he's like well i can't knock up my mistress so i'm just gonna go to town like i mean have you ever seen mad men that's when the pill was first introduced and around that time in the 1960s so yeah. just seems a little sus to me mm. it is sus it is sus. Um, but uh, but obviously we're not saying you shouldn't be on the pill everyone's no. body's different my body did not like it some women live on the pill for years and years and then they come off it and then they have children and Absolutely. their fertility is oh, intact yeah. and that's cool and it is one of the things that allowed women to have more uh, choice and and, and time. autonomy and, and control time, yeah. and time over their sexual reproduction and their fertility so yeah that's cool i think I'm definitely not anti no uh, contraceptive especially because it's way better than an abortion yes yes and it's better than having a kid that you can't take care of but so. it's just interesting that 
our society never tries to al offer alternatives because no. there are other ways to yeah. track your Nat cycle natural, and to prevent exactly, pregnancy. Exactly, we've talked about um, them in a previous episode. And much like the vaccines, like doctors are just so quick to prescribe drugs to people. Mm -hmm. And it's like- Especially young, vulnerable women. Exactly, and it's like, okay, so a lot of the times they sell it to women like, oh, this will cure your, cure your acne or help you with PCOS <laughs> and stuff like that. But having like a healthy diet and exercise and those other there are other alternatives to treating those sorts of issues yeah. so it's like why isn't our, why aren't our doctors trying to push for healthy alternatives rather than just giving them a pill and hoping it solves all their problems yep. i just no i think it's icky yeah it's anyway icky. okay moving on okay here's the fun article this one is just for fun um it's from the atlantic it's called the best skincare is being rich and it sounds like it's from the onion or something yeah. but it's not and it's true um, it's so true. There's a quick quote here. Celebrities wouldn't be as distractingly beautiful without dermatologists, estheticians, and the women behind the beauty counters at Bergdorf Gordman. Yeah. Goodman, sorry. You can drink as much water and wear as much sunscreen as you want, but the most effective skincare trick is being rich. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because the article also says, like, uh, general wisdom of skincare has two sim simple steps. Do healthy things, wash your face, avoid the sun, stay hydrated, wear sunscreen, and get plenty of, of sleep. Mm -hmm. Step two, apply the right goop to your face in the form <laughs> of creams and serums. If you find the right product and live the skincare lifestyle, no alcohol, no dairy, don't enjoy anything, then you'll be rewarded with the glow of the youthful and righteous. Yeah, I know. But it's like, um, or you could just have an exorbitant, exorbitant, amount of wealth and just spend it at the dermatologist. And and this is a lie that's sold to women, I think in two parts. Number one, because celebrities are always like, oh, it's just I drink a lot of water yeah. and that's why my skin is it's so just beautiful. just a little mascara. And then number two, the, the way for us to achieve beauty much like they have is to spend loads and loads of money. Mm -hmm. So it's like the self-love movement is so expensive. Yeah. It's so expensive. See, I've mentioned this before, those little fridges yeah, I want one, but I, me too. It's a side point. But they're like, oh, you need this little fridge to put beside your bed for your night cream. And it's like, do I? Do I need that? Do you need it? Do I need I that? Yes, you do, not, but yes, still. But the point is, is it's not going to make me feel as beautiful as the women that I see on Instagram who have tons of money to spend. And those women don't even feel that beautiful because they're still filtering the heck out of their faces. Yeah. And I think- the, And it's never enough. It's That's the you point. You always have to so take it to like, the next level. Instead of us- regular 99 percenters comparing ourselves to the fake filtered versions of the one percent that we see we should just try and be comfortable in our skin and yeah and do the things like get well i don't think we should avoid sun no but we should either. drink lots of water eat a healthy diet like exercise you know, exercise i like when i'm not pregnant do enjoy alcohol once in a while so mm -hmm. i wouldn't say avoid it all altogether but no but your skin will be everything better in moderation exactly yeah like your skin will be better if you eat less sugar if you drink less alcohol but at, but live your lives because you're not going to have that perfect glass yeah. skin that you see on instagram first of all it's filtered second of all they're rich so let's not compare ourselves to those people yeah and again like this is a, another lie that's sold to women because we're always told we just got to love ourselves more just buy this just yeah. do that and it's just like love yourself but also buy this stuff exactly and it's like we should not as you just said compare ourselves to these people who have endless resources and money and it's like I, and you know, time. And and then it's even more of a slap in the face to us normal folk when these celebrities sell skincare products to us that we know they're not using. Like Kim Kardashian is not using her stupid skincare line, no. her overpriced skincare line. No like way. she's not. So don't listen to these people. Yeah. Learn about your own body. Yeah. And, uh, and live you your know life. What? Sarah V. Survey, Sarah V. Sarah V. Sarah V. It's great. Derm it's dermatologist recommended. Drugstore brand. 
It's great. And look at her skin. Look She's literally growing. It's like eleven. It's like eleven dollars like for a for a cleanser. Right. You don't need and to spend millions of dollars. She and looks like an angel. Yeah. Well, it's pregnancy okay. does that too. Pregnancy does that okay. too. So also just get pregnant yeah. if you want great skin. Okay. <laughs> All right. Moving on. How modern day feminism fails to be pro-woman. Mm-hmm. So modern feminism fails to be pro-women because it brushes off those who don't believe that smashing the patriarchy or breaking socially constructed gender roles will solve our problems. Yeah. Um, then they go on to say that character trumps gender. Men can be jerks. Women can be witches, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And... Um, mod- and then it goes on to say modern feminism also fails to be pro-women in that virtues such as piety, purity, domesticity, and submissiveness are scorned, snubbed, and degraded. So basically it's targeting all you Christian women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really. I wanted, so I totally agree with this article in general. Me I just, too. Like the, the part that you just talked about, um, piety, purity, domesticity, and submissiveness. I don't like personally think you should be submissive to anyone but god well you're actually called in the bible to submit to your husband in the new testament but have you looked up the definition of submissive because it's literally giving power to someone else over your life so like well when you're married though you become one anyway yes and you you should be that is submissive i guess but it's sort of like the actual definition of submissive is literally like you give someone else power over you i think in terms of giving that to god sure and like my husband and I, like, he takes the lead on many things, but there's things that he will take my advice oh, yeah, on. No, that, like, it's like, well, it's still, a, you're still in a relationship. Yeah. Like, like I think still, that you could equals. take it too far where of you're course, like, yeah. where you're like in a sub dom situation no, where you're like, yes, course. master. Like, but that I, would not <clears throat> be biblical. That would be okay, unbiblical. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But I, I agree with you. Like that, that is a, it's a big word, but, mm-hmm. and it's a, and it's a loaded word. People get really upset by it. And I, yeah. and I wanted to see the definition because I'm like, well, maybe it's not as bad. The definition is pretty hard. hard. In the biblical sense, it's just like, like men are called to love their wives. Women are called to respect their husbands and submit to their husbands as in like the way you would submit to God. Okay. Yeah. But I, I don't know. But I feel like that should be more mutual. Like maybe is, I'm a raging feminist, but it's like, I'm not going to just be like, oh, whatever you think. Like, well, I think you should still think critically and you're obviously going to look out for yourself. Like you, at the end of the day, all you or, have is you. Yeah or, yeah. or like what I think is best for the family. It's like if he says, no, we're doing it this way. And I have, if I'm like, mm, I yeah, don't it's not actually, a dictatorship. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. actually think that maybe you don't have all the facts here. Like I don't, I'm not going to um, be rude or like no, no, I agree snarky with about it, but it's like maybe we should rethink this. And then like if you were truly submissive, maybe and maybe it's not actually being truly submissive in a biblical sense, but maybe if you misinterpreted that, yeah. you'd be like, well, I might have a better idea, but he knows best because he's the man. It's like, maybe no. he doesn't, girl. Maybe he doesn't. No, like, I agree with you. Give him your two cents. I mean, I'm. this is one of the things where I continue to fall short as a wife because I am so stubborn. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not, I'm not here pointing fingers at anyone. Yeah. I just am saying that's what the Bible says. And I think there's nuance to yes, it. Yes, for sure. Obviously. And I think that's why people get upset at the Bible because they're like, oh, obey your husband. It's yeah. like, there are but your but your husband's also called to love you the way Jesus loved loves you and mm-hmm. Jesus literally died for you so that's actually that's a sweet. heavier burden to carry yeah, that's like that's actually theirs is a little harder thanks babe yeah okay, okay. Um, do better men no i'm yep. just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> um but yeah i agree with you um i just think what the issue is with feminism which we've talked about like countlessly is that Women just should just be allowed to have a choice of what kind of woman they want to be. Like, yes. if you want to stay at home, 
we should re we should respect that. Like there are all these feminists claim to be pro-choice, except for when except, it comes to yeah. women choosing to be a mom. Yeah, or anything that's domestic yeah. or feminine at all. It's like, it's oh, like, you you're just you're you're submitting to some male like thing. It's like, no, actually, I want to do that. And that's what I choose exactly. to do. Exactly. And that's empowering because you're choosing that life for yourself. And that means you'll be good at it and you'll be happy doing it. Obviously, if you live in a culture where you're forced, exactly yeah. like in Iran, where it's yeah. like you literally can't get a job, you can't go to university, you can't be a member of parliament or whatever it is. That's not empowering. That's not choice. But in here in Canada, we do enjoy so much yeah. power and choice. But you're always pressured, like Nat just said, to choose career, to choose to be the taxpayer, to choose to be the heart cutthroat businesswoman. Yep. It's like, why is it not okay to choose to be a domestic woman? Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it kind of speaks to the fact that feminism is trying to erase femininity in a mm -hmm. way, because yeah. it's like that's in our nature. A lot of women just feel a calling and a pull to that because it's just who they are, because that's the way God made us. And again, there's nuance there. Like yeah. everyone's different. Yeah, no not all women feel Absolutely. like like our next like, author um, that we're going to talk about, yeah. Megan Murphy, like in this article here, uh, No Women Can't Have It All, she talks about like her personal choice was not to have children. Yeah, and, and she's to, content. She's content. She's like, I, I don't know how old she is, but she's like, I don't want to have children. I never did. I feel the same way as I did when I was 18. But women who do want to have children, you're told constantly that you can put it off, put your career yeah. first. Um, you have all the time in the world. You have all the time in the world. You can you can get IVF. You can use a surrogate. You can basically cheat science and cheat mother and play nature God. and play God. When when her point is no, you cannot. You can't have it all. If you want to have children and be a mother, you have to prioritize that, and you yeah. should do it when you still have time. And for women who don't want to, that's cool too. Like yeah, I think that's a choice that women should make for themselves because if you force women to all be mothers, you're going to have a lot of bad mothers, a yeah. lot of resentful women out there. So you don't want to do that. No, the, there's beauty and choice yes. in that in that regard. And a woman who really, truly wants to be a mom is going to be the best mom. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, yeah, so she basically says you can't wait until the most convenient time for you and guarantee you will still be able to produce a child. And it's funny because society tells us the exact opposite. They're saying oh no, you can wait and then it's all going to come together with a nice bow mm -hmm. and life is going to be exactly as you've always dreamed of. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, no, because first of all, like you can have babies much later in life, but having a baby in your 40s comes with many complications actually. And it may not even happen because we don't have infinite eggs. No, we and don't even have if infinite you eggs. Your eggs. We've talked about this before as well. Like, there's no guarantee that your eggs are going to be viable. And that and it's expensive. And that your kid's going to be healthy when they're when they're grown up. Um, the, I wrote so many on the eggs thing. Here's a quote from her article. Um, Freezing your eggs will cost you tens of thousands of dollars and offers no guarantee that once you're in your 40s and feeling ready to have kids, you will actually be able to get pregnant. At that point, the odds are working against you biologically. Available eggs are not. The chances of getting pregnant past 40 are low. Miscarriage becomes a higher risk and complications for you and the fetus become more likely. So... There you go. But we're constantly told, like, don't worry about that. Like, you, yeah. can, you literally can play God. We saw in the picture on the front of our article here is Khloe Kardashian, Kardashian, who's approaching 40, I would think. Yeah. Um, who just bought a baby. Yeah. And she, like, she, <sighs> Megan well, talks about the whole process. Like, well, we've talked about this on the show before, too. And, and one of the things that's interesting about surrogacy specifically is that a lot of times Hollywood people use it out of convenience. And yeah. it's like, 
obviously there are instances where some women cannot have kids, whatever, they want to have a surrogate. I, mm-hmm. We've talked about the ethics of this before. We're not here to condemn you. I just think when you're doing it because you have the money yeah. and, and you, you don't want to ruin your body. You don't want to ruin your body. You don't have the time thing. to have make yeah. love with your husband or yeah. you're not in a stable enough relationship. Did we read an article that was yeah, like Priyanka Chopra yeah, and Nick Jonas. Yeah, we can't find the time to yeah. have sex. But you can have the time to have your baby. And it's interesting. And raise your child. Because so this baby that was born for Chloe via surrogacy and during the first episode of the Kardashian second season of the show, the family seems concerned about Chloe and she seemed detached from the process as though they're unaware that she's literally, literally detached, detached from the process. And that's one of the issues with surrogacy. And, and Megan Murphy has a really beautiful quote about this too, if you don't mind me reading it. Um, the situation would be a dark one for any woman because she was also cheated on by mm-hmm. Tristan Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, she wasn't pregnant and she wasn't having a baby. Another woman went through a pregnancy and had a baby. That woman is erased in order for Chloe and her family to maintain their delusion that somehow implanting an egg inside another human, then paying that woman for the right to take the baby she gestated and mm-hmm. birthed from her equates to Chloe having, having a, a baby. baby. Yeah, because that's how Chloe was talking about it. She said, I'm having a baby. It's like, no, you're, no, not. you're not. You're buying a baby. And it's so sterile. And it's yeah. like your baby is a transaction. And like, like in the picture, there's no skin contact between her baby and her. Like that's the most as soon well, as your baby's born, they they, they put, put it, it on, on you. Chest. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I actually watched this scene and it this this woman gives birth to the baby that she's carried for nine months and then right away out of the mom's womb, hand it to Chloe. And it's like, I understand that it's Chloe's genetics and I'm sure she loves her baby, but Chloe's a perfect stranger to this child. And I just think it's so cruel. It's sterile. It's like, it just kind of icks me out. I don't know. It's super creepy. There's no intimacy. And again, like, not to talk about myself, but like, I... I'm already bonding with my kid. Like I feel like I haven't met her yet, but she's in my belly and I can feel her kicking so and I talk cute. to her and I can like and if she I knows your voice. Yeah, exactly. She knows the vibration of my voice. And like if I touch my belly in a certain spot, sometimes she kicks there and it's like, that's so crazy. And she's like, leave me alone. Mom. Yeah. She's like, get out of my room. Yeah. <laughs> Chloe has none of that. Yeah. It's and she's not even touching the skin to skin. She's on her phone. Yeah. In the photo. She has her newborn baby in her hands and she's on her phone. And the baby's just like, am I a prop? Yeah. It's sad. It's just, yeah, it's just cruel. And a little, as Megan Murphy says, dystopian in a way. I mean, that's literally what Handmaid's Tale is about. Surrogates. Like, they're just a bunch of surrogates if you haven't seen the show. So it's like, it's just so sterile. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's cute. Anyway. Anyways. Women can't have it all. So if you want to have a baby, if you're thinking about having a baby and you're in a stable relationship or marriage, you should just have your baby. I say the same thing about dogs. Yeah. People are like, oh, I wish I'd have a dog. I was like, you should get a dog. Just get the dog. If you want a dog, you should get a dog. Because I've never once regretted having my dog. She is an angel. Pepe's the light of my life. Exactly. Anyway. Okay, moving on. Great. So this is something (laughs) we've talked about multiple times on the show. And it's, you know, the changing concept of woman will cause unintended harms. I mean, Mm -hmm. what is a woman? Yeah, this article is really interesting because the author comes at it from a philosophical point of view. Mm Because, like, she talks about, like, categories of things. It's like a house cannot be a car. So she's not even, she's really, really trying not to be transphobic. She's really not trying to be hateful or whatever. She's literally just talking about it from a philosophical, categorical point of view. And she makes such good points. Yes, she Um, does. One of the points that she makes is, um, in a superficially comparable case, such as coming out as gay, there is still an underlying factor, sexual orientation, that secures your membership. It's not just a matter of saying you are gay. I think that's really interesting because I never thought about it like that. It's like, you can't 
Like you have to actually go through the thing. You have to be gay. You have to be gay to you be gay. To be in a I can't relationship like, well, I identify as gay, sex. but I'm having heterosexual yeah, sex and the every same, night. Yeah, the same goes. She talks about um, uh, a person might self-declare that she is transracial, but there's no such thing as being transracial. There's only thinking falsely that you are. So it's interesting that we don't accept that, yeah. but we accept that a man is a woman because he says so. It's, yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. I know. And I, we, I said this on the live stream earlier, and I'll say it again. It's a little misogynistic for a man because often these things are like there are trans men, of course, but so many of the ways that they're defined, they're changing definitions and they're they're cheating the system. They're cheating the system and they're invading on female spaces, et cetera, is happening from when males transition to females. Yeah. And it's so misogynistic. It's literally just like back in the day when women would beat wives and they would own them and you can't do this and that. It's like it's the same thing. We're literally just being erased and stepped on. But because we don't want to, we don't want to hurt the feelings of the trans person. Now, yeah, it's fine. Like in, in just, fifty years, we're gonna look back on this and be like, "What were we doing?" Yeah, be yeah. And and she also talks about how the category female is important for understanding the particular challenges its members face, mm -hmm. such as. Um, as such, these include a heightened vulnerability to rape, sexual assault, voyeurism, and exhib exhibitionism, to sexual harassment, domestic violence, certain cancers, anorexia, self-harm, and mm -hmm. so on. Um, so men yeah. don't have to deal with that. Yeah, and she and that last part of that quote is, if self-declared trans women are included in statistics, understandings will be hampered. And it's true. Because if, if you're a woman, but you're not actually a female like biologically and you're in this group now and they're like oh do you have all these feelings and it's like no i don't have that oh, i don't have some ovarian cancer because you don't have any ovaries now the statistics like we're not talking about feelings here well and there's we're no talking about statistics and in math like exactly the numbers will be skewed and there's no criteria like what's the criteria for a woman because apparently now it's just self-declaration i mean not all trans people seek surgery or take hormones mm. not all of them even consistently dress or self-adorn as stereotypical feminine as in a stereotypical feminine or masculine way. So it's like, what is the criteria? What does it mean to be a woman? Mm -hmm. You know? Okay. We have a lot more to talk about, but we're going to just... There's so many other articles that we read for this uh, episode. In preparation for this, There's yeah. a great one from Time, uh, written by Christina Hoff Summers from 2014. There's no way they would let her write that today. Yeah. Six feminist myths that will not die. Um, this other one is from Evie. This former Cosmo writer dishes on how the magazine lied to sell women feminism. That's a really interesting one as well. Um... And There's then, just so many lies, essentially, yeah. that have been sold to women in the name of female empowerment. And I just think it's important for us to think about why, why women are specifically targeted by these sorts of propaganda, I guess. Because women are constantly, st like, this is no different than before the women's rights movement. It's literally men trampling on women once again. It's yeah. just now they're wearing wigs. Exactly. And... Feminism is dead. True feminism in its in its original form yeah. is gone, and it's really unfortunate. And I don't really know what the solution is, <laughs> but we're living in a world that's just so chaotic. Yeah, it's we, so need, we need actual so biological women to be strong and stand up for their rights, and that's actual old school feminism. Yeah. So we need to bring back those broads. <laughs> yeah, those old those broads. And yeah, yeah, don't be afraid of standing up for yourself as a woman because you deserve to take up space as a woman. Like yeah. God and created for some of us more space. <laughs> there you go. Like God created male and female, and both genders should be celebrated. Yes.
I think that's the shirt. That's the shirt. All right. This show airs every week, every weekday, every Tuesday, I wish. Every yeah. Tuesday on Rebel News Plus at 7 p.m. Eastern time. You can go to misunderstoodshow.ca. Subscribe now, only eight bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And, you well, you get to listen to all the other shows, watch the other shows um, that you already know are on Rebel News Plus. And you can listen for the for free on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Um, on all your favorite streaming platforms. You don't get to see this, though. No. You miss, you miss this. You miss the faces. You miss the faces. You miss all the chins. You miss all the chins. And then on Saturdays, we post the full show in its glory at... Um, 2 p.m. Eastern Time <laughs> on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey. I think that's it. Subscribe to all our channels. Help us monetize our yeah. channels so we can make a few bucks for Rebel News. And follow us on social yeah, media. Social- We're on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter... You know what's what. All right. We love you, Burr. Bye, Burr.